Hey guys, happy Monday. It's Marge here. So Carly and I have been very fortunate over these past few weeks to talk to some of the strongest women in the world. And a part of that graciousness is they're just people. So what we do is we just start talking with them. Um, so I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction to today's episode prior to us just starting to chat because that's what we have a tendency to do, because everyone that we talk with is just so great. They're so easy to talk to, so down to earth, um, and that reflects in how we just kind of get started. So uh, we have Joe Aida this week um, as our guest, and she is a champion weightlifter, powerlifter, all-around badass, and we're very grateful that she took time out of her day to hop on and talk, talk with us. So enjoy it and stay tuned for the next one. See ya. It's the Carol and Marge show. So, um, so we have, uh, never gotten past uh, not wearing masks outside. So I know what happened um, a few weeks ago was that Southern California was much more open and things were really rising with the coronavirus. And so um, they had to go backwards, but we had never really progressed again. So we've just halted our, you know, like progressing through the phases. So in Alameda County, if you're outdoors and within 30 feet of other people, then you're required to wear a mask. Um, and 30, 30 feet. Open. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Wow. So we are outdoors and masked training. Wow. Cause like, from what I remember, Matt, Max's gym is not like, um, not a large place either. So even capacity limits it would be like almost like, you know, you and Max and maybe like three, four other people, maybe. Yeah. It's really small. It's a uh, 780 square feet inside. Yeah. So, uh, it's inside a larger gym CFO. And so, yeah, I'm not even sure what's going to happen. Um, you know, when we are able to go indoors, uh, cause if it's, limited capacity. I, I don't know. We'll just have to have lots of sessions and as it is, <laughs> right? we, yeah, as it is, we increased sessions. So, um, Max is actually back at the gym coaching in the mornings, which he hasn't had a sort of <laughs> regular shifts at the gym for a few years. I think so since before he went down to juggernaut, um, but he's wow. helping us out so that we can spread the numbers out, you know, even outside. So outdoors. yeah, yeah, we're still we'll still have people at least um about 10 feet apart or so wow that's it's crazy because like you know in new york especially in buffalo like i honestly thought we had pretty strict guidelines yeah. and then you know you hear something like that ours is six feet apart you know we're at like 33 percent inside capacity at least for fitness facilities but a lot of the restaurants um and other places are like 50 percent capacity so it's yeah. crazy to hear that, you know, we've been at this place for five months and, and like tomorrow's day one for us. It's, uh, but it's crazy to hear that there's other, you know, counties across the country that are just as strict as New York is. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem is that, you know, you guys took it seriously a lot more quickly because you had to, right? Yeah. So um, 
I think that seemed like it helped a lot, right? Um, oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but here it's like, it hasn't been as bad. So in a way, um, you know, people weren't taking it seriously. And then, uh, yeah, it's been a kind of a longer road. And uh, yeah, we don't have any gyms open up here. No indoor, no indoor uh -oh. gyms. So lots of gyms have actually gone out of business. So we're fortunate that we have a parking lot and somewhere to train outside, but um, lots of small gyms um, or, or big gyms uh, are, you know, they're just closing up, so. That's so sad. Yeah. That's so sad. I mean, it's fortunate that you guys have, and it seems like it's almost like a fenced in kind of area from the videos that you post. Um, so it kind of like, you know, at least you can have, um, you know, team sessions all day, every day. So that way it can keep, you know, business running in that sense. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, we were able to, uh, keep things, keep the business alive, not profitable, but alive, uh, during yeah. shelter in place. Um, by uh we checked out all of our equipment from the gym to our members and then we put everyone on remote coaching so people had sort of a mishmash of equipment there were only like three people who could have squat racks and every you know so people got, uh, like a belt squat set up um you know and other people got creative obviously lots of people got creative everywhere uh putting their weights on top of garbage cans and why <laughs> was it too heavy things like that um and everyone was doing floor all your power lifters were doing floor presses and um you know the weightlifters who couldn't drop heavy weights were doing no hook no feet with you know technique work and that kind of thing so um yeah so that was good we reduced people's um monthly just so that they wouldn't quit you know because we didn't want everybody to just just like stop paying and then yeah. we'd have no business to rebuild from. So, um, so yeah, so that worked out well. And Max and I are fortunate enough to have some income outside of the gym. So it's not yeah. our primary source of income. So that really helped. And, um, and to be honest right now, uh, we have had a, a lot of people come to us because we are one of a few, you know, fewer gyms in the area that are able to have outdoor training and people miss having barbells and yeah. yes they do <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well that's good at least at least things are staying afloat maybe not as good as it was uh before covid but at least it's like holding on strong and uh being able to hopefully once things turn around uh be even more profitable since you guys gained some people so that's awesome yeah absolutely um Marge, we should probably introduce who we're talking to. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, we have Joy on today, and uh, it's awesome. You, you honestly have been, for me at least, one of the biggest uh, female strength athletes. You know, not just powerlifters. I mean, it's it's incredible. I remember, you know, watching Max way back, like even before he was teamed up with Juggernaut, and that's when I met him and then I saw, I think right before, like I teamed up with him, you won masters worlds in weightlifting. Um, and I think that was in New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 That was in Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah. In uh, 2017. Yeah. Just before I went back to powerlifting. Yeah. Uh, that was, I think about a year ish into Max working with, with juggernaut or something like that. And I remember just watching a lot of, uh, this was when I think he was on a podcast with Mark Bell. 
and he did like a squatting podcast YouTube video mm-hmm. with him and it was, you know, blowing Mark Bell's mind about like, oh, you got to bend at the knees instead of just push your <laughs> hips back. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, this, this guy's a fucking genius. Like, he's just blown everyone's mind away. And uh, then, you know, seeing how strong you were as his wife and I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is the team that I need. Like, this is, this is who I want to be associated with. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, thanks for coming on. We, we appreciate you having us, uh, having the pleasure to talk to you today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's really great uh, to like, talk back about, you know, how that really influenced, like, this is who I want to work with because now it's like all of those ideas that you were like, I want to work with this team have carried into your own team, um, at mustache. So it's like, you yeah. know, learning from the best to, grow your own coaching model and your own business it was i mean he's the best i mean it was it was a no-brainer to me i mean it was there um and honestly uh who even pushed me even more from the day i met him was telling me to to work with max was um was pomp i met pomp in 2015 and he's like you gotta you gotta link up with this dude you gotta link up with this dude and i was like all right like i you know i kept pushing off pushing off pushing it off and I was like, all right, I guess now is now's the time. That's great. Yeah. That's funny. Well, you know, Pomp's such a great guy. So if he tells you to do something, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> so how is your gym doing? It's doing well. Um, we, yeah, we, uh, I'm super pumped. I mean, we just expanded. Um, thankfully, you know, during the whole COVID situation, it gave us uh, really a time to kind of like, step back and actually look at stuff. Um, you know, and I never, you know, I always wanted to grow. I always wanted to move. I always wanted to do a lot of those things, but I, I, you know, I was so focused on, it was either traveling or meets or running meets or coaching all day. It's like, you don't have time to just stop and like, look at other stuff. And, uh, I finally did. And uh, we're super pumped and it couldn't have come a better time. And we literally moved into the new spot. I think two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, okay. So it like just happened. Like it's pretty much exactly where I want it to be. I mean, there's a couple touch up things that we have to kind of make, uh, make do with, but yeah, it's pretty much uh, exactly how I wanted it to look. So Great. Yeah. So we're super excited for, for that, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. So, but you know, our both gyms, you know, do a lot of like weightlifting and powerlifting. And I have to ask, like, what do you prefer? Like if given that you're given, given that you are like a hundred percent healthy, like a hundred percent healthy, no injuries, nothing holding you back. What would you prefer? Uh, you know, I love weightlifting. I love doing snatch and clean and jerk. Um, (laughs) It's just so much fun. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of my stuff I posted recently, but I just started doing, uh, some clean and jerks like three or four weeks ago. Yes. So I haven't trained the Olympic lifts in over three years. Um, so, uh, yeah, my technique <laughs> is pretty rugged right now, but I am <laughs> training for a, um, an online strongman competition. Oh, and really? Yeah. 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 So I, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter what it looks like. And I only have, <laughs> I only had like five weeks to train for it. Um, just because I didn't really know about it. So um, 
And so I just decided, yeah, uh, not very long ago to do it. So uh, luckily I was already training my deadlift. It's a, it's conventional deadlift and clean and jerk or some kind of get it over your head kind of thing. I think you could do like a continental clean and probably, you know, whatever, whatever kind of press. So I figure I should take advantage of, uh, you know, no press out rule. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I told Pomp actually, I told him that, uh, you know, if I don't tear both my labrums, then I'm just not trying hard enough. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, it's, it's by body weight and, um, it's uh, max deadlift, max clean and jerk. Awesome. So, yeah. So with five weeks to train for it, uh, there was not much I was going to do about, uh, technique, but, uh, I just hit 78 kilos yesterday, clean and jerk, which right. for me, I'm, turned 50 in June. So, um, you know, uh, that's actually 90% of my best. I was never, I never lifted like really huge numbers. Um, as like a senior lifter, I was a master's almost my entire career. I started competing at age 34 and, uh, (laughs) master's in weightlifting starts at 35. 35, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and also, uh, before I met Max, I had um, even more rugged technique and had torn both my labrums, seriously tore both my labrums back in um, 2009 and 2010. So I had two labrum repairs in 2010. So um, so anyway, I, uh, I was never like a super great technician. I kind of joke around that I wish I had Max to coach me now, you know, or, you know, more recently in the last few years. But um, <laughs> when we met, we were both kind of learning from having made a lot of mistakes okay. in weightlifting, right? So um, yeah. had, uh, I had a lot of really poor technique for many, many years. Like I was competing at a national level. In fact, I, right after I met Max, I did win a, um, a bronze medal in the clean and jerk at the um, uh, senior nationals. Wow. Even though I was, I think I was 39. Yeah, I was 39. I, I do remember one year I um, I was competing at nationals and I was three times the age of one of the girls in my session. And now she was really young. So I think she was, she might've been 15. Wow. 15 and I was like I'm not only I'm not just double the age now of my actually three times their age and and you know she was quite young which was also impressive but um anyway so yeah so I'm just kind of for fun doing this thing but it's it's pretty rough like the combo of conventional deadlift and um clean and jerk training so <laughs> Uh, I've only been able to do five clean and jerk workouts um, in the last few weeks, just because my body's either it's like recovering from like almost being broken and, uh, you know, doing uh, max effort. Right. It's not easy to recover from quickly. No, not at all. But (laughs) even the fact that, but even the fact that you're still at like 90% of what you were three years ago, like that's, that's incredible. Like yeah. in, in five sessions, nonetheless. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I think you'll be just fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, is- I, I went totally off track though. You were asking me which I which I like more, and yeah, I just I love the weightlifting movements. I love um, yes, if I 
could can count on my body being 100% healthy and I had all the time in the world, I would continue to do weightlifting yeah. and, um, and slow down. And I love working on the technical aspects of it. Um, like I said, right now, that's not my focus because I'm <laughs> right. Because you got five weeks to train. <laughs> I've for got something. five weeks, and I'm just like, whatever it takes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. now, that's how awesome. did you, Carly, you might know this already, but I don't. So, how did you get into the world of weightlifting um, initially? Yeah, so that's kind of interesting because um, when I started, which I guess was. Uh, 2003 was when I first started uh, training with Jim Schmitz, um, who is a, a mentor of mine and just one of the greatest weightlifting coaches. He um, he was three times the U.S. Uh, Olympic uh, coach for weightlifting yep. back in the 80s, I believe. And so back when I started, uh, it wasn't, CrossFit wasn't around and it was not at all a popular sport. I mean, not that it's like popular, but people kind of know what it is now, but no one had any idea what a snatch or a clean and jerk was back then. And um, so I was, uh, I was actually doing massage out of a, um, a gym in San Francisco and uh, Jim Schmitz had a small space there where he was uh, coaching his team, the sports palace, um, a small team out of there. And that's actually a funny story. I, um, I would talk to Jim from time to time and I was going in there. I was like totally not into athletics at that time, into sports at that time. I was, when I was younger, I was booking bands, booking metal and punk shows in San Francisco. I was a DJ. I was like learning to be a motorcycle mechanic and doing all sorts of stuff, <laughs> like not related to being in, in sports, but I was going to the gym and I was running on the treadmill and doing bench press and curls. Yeah. So even though I wasn't into powerlifting or anything, I still was kind of into doing the bench press because I used to do that with my brother when he was in high school. And um, so I was kind of strong for someone who like was to a total hobbyist. So uh, I saw Jim one day and I walked up to him and I said, Hey, Jim, I just made a PR bench. I bench pressed 130 pounds. And he said, Oh, how much do you weigh? And I weighed 132. And he said, Okay, well, I'll be impressed when you bench press your body weight. <laughs> and Jim had these uh, one pound little tiny washers like on his desk. And so I grabbed the one pound washer weights, put them on the bar, and I did 132. And I came back. <laughs> Okay, I did 132. Um, anyway, he was telling me that, you know, that was impressive, uh, you know, for someone who was just a hobbyist. And, um, and then, you know, we just kind of talked a little bit here and there. And eventually, it wasn't until I think a couple years after that, that I started uh, training with him a couple days a week doing weightlifting. That's awesome. Wow. Normally, I feel like with weightlifting, like you said, people are become more introduced to it through the world of CrossFit. So it's really cool to hear, you know, how you got into it prior to the CrossFit boom um, from a well, well-known Olympic weightlifting coach. So that, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. No, go ahead. 
I didn't know how you got into it, but I knew beforehand, like that you were booking bands. I remember we talked about that a while ago and I wanted to bring that up. Like I thought, like when I heard that, I was like, holy fuck, like Joe is just a total badass, like booking metal and punk bands. Um, But like, who was one of the coolest like bands that you ever met, like doing something like that? uh well coolest coolest bands i don't know i used to hang out with lemmy from time to time so lemmy from motorhead um (laughs) some people people know that i have a tattoo on my hip that lemmy actually drew for me so he drew a picture (laughs) of this uh like horse with a uh viking helmet that's that says fuck off with like a talking bubble <laughs> and signed it. So I've got this huge tattoo on my hip um, that says motorhead and his drawing with the ace of spades behind it. Um, so yeah, Lemmy's pretty awesome. Um, uh, nice. Rob Halford from Judas Priest um, and um, the biggest band that I booked, I was actually just talking to my son, Asher, he's 14 today, and now he's into a bunch of bands that I used to be into, which is kind of cool. But uh, uh, we were just talking about this. I uh, I booked a secret show for Metallica. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was what? Cool. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really funny story. It actually ended up like this whole story about it ended up in like the SF uh, Chronicle, because it was like, it was um, at the time, I guess it must have been early 2000s with the whole Napster thing going on. And oh, Metallica yeah. was like, you know, had a really bad image at that time. And so they were trying to turn things around and do something cool for the fans. So um, so they wanted to book like some small venue, uh, a free show. But when you do something like that in your band that's that big, like Metallica, you can't tell anyone you know, you can tell, you can tell like very few people, otherwise it's going to get so big that it's going to have to get shut down before it even starts. So, uh, the producer of Metallica, Bob Rock called me, but he didn't tell me who he was. And he said that he had this hard rock band that he needed to book. And I was booking shows at two different venues in San Francisco. Uh, This place called uh, the CW Saloon, which had a venue that was uh, maybe like three or 400 person capacity. And I had, we had this cool metal club there. My old booking partner, Matt Shapiro and I were um, booking a club called Lucifer's Hammer. And, um, and then we had this other really crappy venue on Polk Street. Um, and uh, it was a tranny bar downstairs at a punk rock club. Upstairs. <laughs> and um, it probably the capacity was probably about 50 people, but you could cram, I don't know, maybe 120 in there if you were <laughs> you know, trying to break all the fire codes. Um, anyway, that place was called Chemo. So, so Bob Rock called me, wouldn't tell me who he was, said he needed a show on this very specific day. It sounded terrible. He, it sounded like he was telling me this story about how these like record producers were driving up from or flying up from LA and they had to have this certain date. And, um, I've heard this story before and it's usually like some dads that have their own band and then like their <laughs> wives show up and there's like seven people in the audience. So <laughs> I, I didn't book him at the bigger venue, which he wanted and that show was already booked full. So I told him, I can't get you into the covered wagon, but I could get you a show at chemo's. 
And so, <laughs> and then it also sounded so bad that I actually made the, I made Metallica pay to play. Oh so I told God. them they could have the night, but they were going to have to cover the way, like the wage of my bartender and the, um, like the sound guy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, trying to make it a little bit shorter, but when I asked him the name of the band, he told me that na the name was Spun and it just sounded so bad, a hard rock band named Spun. And so anyway, what ended up happening is my brother <laughs> was actually the sound guy. And I thought there were gonna be so few people there that I didn't book a, book a, a separate uh, door person. So I had my brother watching the door <laughs> and doing sound. Wow. I was at this other show that was gonna have, you know, like three or 400 people at it that I thought was the big show. And so my brother's calling me and saying, um, people are asking me if Metallica's playing tonight. <laughs> and I, I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about, but the place is getting really crowded. And so my brother knows nothing. And they're saying like, is Metallica playing? And he says, well, I don't know. It's, you know, whatever, five bucks or 10 bucks to find, I don't know, give me 10 bucks and you can find out, right? So the place starts getting full and I, I, I can't leave the show that I'm at because it's actually kind of a big show, you know, for what we were doing. And then finally, um, so one of the guy, the, one of the guys in the band that was headlining the other club was, I knew he was friends with Kirk Hammett and he looked at me and his show was about to start. And he says, do you know who you booked at chemo's tonight? And like, he wouldn't tell me cause he knew if he told me and I told anyone, everybody was going to leave his show and go across town to this show. And so finally I looked at him, I was like, okay, if I booked Metallica tonight and I'm not there, I'm going to be so <laughs> fucking pissed, right? So I was like, I promise I won't tell anyone, but Matt and I are going to leave, my booking partner and I are going to leave. And he's like, <laughs> yes, you booked Metallica. So I like, you know, I, we get to a cab, we drive across town. My brother <laughs> calls me like, and he's like, Metallica just came on stage. I'm like, we're a block away. So like, we were <laughs> out there. the place was literally probably like, I don't know, 150 people in there. Like people were on top of tables, stacked full. I was climbing through the crowd. People were yelling at me, like, you know, not to go through it. I was like, I'm sorry, I booked this band. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> flying to the front. So it was pretty awesome. And then um, afterwards, uh, uh, I talked to Bob Rock and he was, uh, he was laughing. He told me the reason, I was like, it sounded so bad. You made the band sounds so bad. He's like, yeah, I, I realized when you asked me the name of the band, I hadn't thought about that. And I was looking at a spin magazine and then I said spun came out of my mouth and stuff. And then at the end, we like shook hands and, and I was like, well, you know, we said it was a pay to play gig. So he ended up paying <laughs> us whatever, a couple of dollars. And I was like, what's, what's better than having booked Metallica, but having booked Metallica and having made them pay to play. So <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that is so cool and then yeah you actually made them pay to play which is even better <laughs> um that time with the whole napster issue their whole like pay to listen to us type type deal so funny that yeah, is really yeah, funny yeah, and yeah, i yeah. and super ironic that's yeah. hilarious <laughs> um i backtracking you said it's your son, son's birthday? Oh, uh, it's not his birthday. I'm not sure what I okay. said. But, uh, okay. 
Yeah. But you he said he turned 14 oh, I today. Saying, maybe I was just saying he, he is okay. 14 or he turned, okay. yeah, he turned 14 during shelter. I was going to say, have, happy birthday to Asher. I didn't realize it was. <laughs> no, no, no. Also, he yeah. is extremely ta- a talented artist. Yes. Like insane. Some of the stuff that you post, especially, uh, especially is uh, David Bowie stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, incredible. Absolutely yeah. insane. Thank you. And he has an altar to David Bowie in his room. I love that. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And I saw that he uh, started lifting a little bit. You were posting a little bit on it yeah, on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of lifts from time to time. He he does not love it. He um he says that uh, he doesn't want to be a weak uh, art school kid. So he wants to be strong, and so. Uh, either Max or I usually write him a program and um, he's disciplined enough to do it, but he kind of fights tooth and nail and (laughs) we don't make him lift, you know, but we do ask him to stay committed to what he commits to. So if you say you want to be strong and you say you want to, you know, do a strength program, then you need to stick to it. Um, plus, it's just not smart to be too intermittent about it as far as um, not getting hurt. You know, that's one of my yeah. concerns for him. So, so um, yeah, he's very interesting. He's so, because uh, Asher's biological father, um, Asher lives 50% at his dad's house and 50% with us, uh, Max's stepdad, uh, stepdad slash, you know, cool older brother or something like that (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh um his asher's bio dad and i are both very competitive and and, uh and athletes and asher like he he really like doesn't care about like you know when he's benching he doesn't care how much weight's on the bar like he would rather do sets of eight than go for a one rep max which for like a teenage boy is so odd to me i'm like don't you want to like see how much you can you know bench press like most guys we have to like slow him down and like you know get him to do the reps but he'll do, he'll <laughs> to go in and do the work and probably you know feel strong and um yeah you know be healthy and that kind of thing so uh, um, yeah. That's awesome. His squatting's been going well. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Marge, you got, uh, you got another question? Yeah, I was actually going to ask. So speaking of Asher, I wanted to ask, you know, as you were raising him, how did you balance your training work, being a mom, you know, all of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is definitely tough. Um, I, um, initially up until, I guess, um, trying to remember when I quit bartending, I, I bartended for 21 years. So I think up until I was about from the age of 21 until I was 42. So let's see, I started lifting when I was 33. So I guess the first nine years of my weightlifting career, I was bartending. And so that was good and bad. So the good was that, um, that when Asher was little, uh, I was around most of the time during the day um, and that I would go to work uh, a lot of times after I put him to sleep. Um, 
So that made, that allowed me to be a little bit more flexible with training during the day. Like I would train when Asher was in daycare or preschool um, or in school and then work late at night. But then the downside was, is trying to get sleep and like recovery. So, um, so um, I remember, you know, Max and I, um, started seeing each other when Asher was quite young, like uh, maybe four, um, three and a half or four, his dad and I split up when uh, Asher was only two. So I remember going to the bar and, um, you know, putting Asher to bed and then uh, Max would uh, get up with Asher in the morning so I could sleep in a little bit just so I could get some extra sleep. Cause sometimes I wouldn't get home from the bar till four in the morning. Um, so, uh, you know, that, so definitely I had some help there. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, like I would kind of, uh, get sleep when I could or take naps and, um, and try to do my training, uh, when Asher was, like I said, in, in preschool or daycare, um, there definitely were times where I took Asher to the gym. So he definitely grew up in the gym, uh, and, um, and when he was a, a baby, <laughs> Jim, Jim Schmitz loves to tell this story that, mm -hmm. um, because he's been around for so, so long. Uh, in fact, he just turned 75. Um, so he's been, you know, in the strength world longer than most any of us. Um, but he said that he's seen just about everything, but he never saw this. So there was one time when I was uh, snatching and I had a, like, it was like a maximum snatch day. And my sister-in-law had brought, was babysitting Asher so I could do my workout. And Asher would not stop crying. It ended up, he was getting sick. I didn't know at the time because he usually was not a fussy baby. And so the only way I could get Asher to calm down was to nurse him. <laughs> and so uh, I was super setting nursing Asher, <laughs> nursing my baby, and then uh, going to take like a maximum snatch. And Jim said he had, uh, yeah, he'd seen lots of things in his day, but he had never seen that. So he still tells that story to this day. So yeah, that's a lot for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot of funky things that I did to quote unquote balance it out. And I don't know that I balanced it out super well. I mean, I, it's one of the reasons I actually moved to powerlifting is that I tend to let a lot of other parts of my life sort of fall apart when I'm training, uh, you know, like training really hard for weightlifting. It takes so many hours and so much mental focus that, oh, yeah. um, I'm definitely playing catch up on life stuff, um, after big competitions. <laughs> yeah, that makes right. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's one of the hardest parts about having so many different uh, hats to wear as well. Right. I mean, it's all about trying to find that balance and they're, they're I mean, from all three perspectives, I think it's hard to find balance at all in something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I, I think just having a lot of support from Max has helped. Um, and, um, and to be honest, um, because Asher lives in two houses, um, it has made it a little bit more flexible for me. I would try to get a lot of my work and a lot of my training, heavier training done on the half a week when uh, Asher's at his dad's house. And um, and it's actually made it easier for us to travel too. So, uh, you know, um, 
a lot of times when I'm at competitions uh, that are, you know, not local, people are like, oh, where's Asher, you know, and he's pretty much always with his dad. So um, we just kind of work out our schedules so that, uh, yeah, unless we want to bring Asher with us, like the bigger trips like New Zealand. Um, For sure. Eden, uh, we uh, usually try to take Asher because I really want, like to turn those trips into family vacations also, but um, otherwise it's been uh, helpful in a way as an athlete to, um, to have the support of his dad and his dad's family. That's great. For sure. That actually uh, kind of like segues into my last question is like, you have traveled almost literally all over the world for competitions, whether competing or whether um coaching on, on you know in the back where has been one of the uh, most awesome experiences to to travel and either coach or compete at let's see um i mean new zealand was definitely a highlight i have to say that was just an awesome trip um and that was that trip was so much fun because um I have a hard time saying like I retired from weightlifting, but I knew I was going to take a break after that meet. And mm-hmm. so it was the, the, it was at the, uh, um, uh, world masters games. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that's basically like the masters Olympics. It happens every four years. Right. So, so as a master's athlete, that was kind of like the biggest meet I could do. And so there was a lot of build up to that. And, um, and I was uh, fortunate enough to finish with uh, lifetime PRs at that competition at the age of 47. And um, I broke uh, all of the snatch, clean and jerk and total uh, world records um, for my age group and weight class um, at that meet and, um, you know, and, and won. So it was a nice like highlight. So then to be able to, to travel after that um, around New Zealand um, and be able to kind of, I don't know, breathe and uh, (laughs) I didn't have anything I needed to train for after that for a while was really nice. Um, And uh, and New Zealand's just such a beautiful country and the people were really friendly. And um, yeah, we went down to Queenstown uh, in the south. Yeah. And that was just gorgeous. And, uh, we did Hobbiton, uh, to the Shire. (laughs) Right. So Asher was kind of little then, what was that? 2017. So I think he was, um, I think he was, uh, 10. Yeah. I think he was 10. It was before he turned 11. So, uh, so that was exciting, you know, and to see like the mountains of Mordor in the south, all of that. That was just beautiful. Um, yeah. Sweden was awesome too. We took Asher to Sweden and Europe's nice because uh, the countries are so close. So uh, we were able to, you know, we flew into Copenhagen, stayed there for a few days before we went to Sweden for IPF Worlds. And then after that, um, Max and Asher and I went to um to Prague and Prague is just so gorgeous. It's just such a gorgeous, like romantic European city. Um, And the history there was uh, fantastic. And then uh, we stopped in Iceland on the way home. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. 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 We were, uh, I was supposed to go to Prague this, uh, this past year, but due to COVID they canceled uh, bench worlds. So I wasn't able to, go coach there. And it was, 
you know, kind of, I was like, oh shit. Like I was like really looking forward to going to see Prague. I've heard great stories about it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. There's always another year. Yeah. There's always another year for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely go. It is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And then definitely. Peru, Peru was awesome. Uh, Max and I got to go to Machu Picchu after uh, coaching Alyssa and Shakasia uh in peru i guess that was the end of last year yeah last year Mm -hmm. yeah that was also fantastic oh yeah the pictures from machu picchu are it's yeah incredible incredible uh sights there my mom my mom absolutely loves um peruvian uh llama rugs like that's where she gets her rugs from is is from peru she's originally from chile so like she gets them imported from Peru and it's like the best llama rugs that you can find. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll need to check those out if I go back. <laughs> right. Marge, you got one more question? Yeah. So I know you mentioned you're doing this, you know, virtual strongman competition. Um, what do you think will be next or is it is it a mystery is it going to be just coaching or you know diving everything yeah i'm not sure um i i still want to uh keep powerlifting i uh i love training too much to to stop um and i also uh at least for now i still enjoy training for competition uh it just helps to keep me motivated so um I know at some point I'm probably going to need to stop. So (laughs) (laughs) at some point, I think my body's going to tell me to stop. Um, So uh, so I'll need to figure out something, something else there. But, um, but for now I still enjoy uh, training for competition. So, so I'm not sure. I know that, um, you know, obviously Raw Nats was uh, canceled. I would have done that. I think I've done all of the Raw Nationals um, since 2017. Um, and um, and then I guess I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with, uh, with World, IPF Worlds next year. So I, I haven't really looked too much into it, but I heard that maybe... Um, Team USA would take the team that was supposed to go to this year's Worlds. And if so, that would be kind of depressing for me because I turned down my spot for 2020 World. And I wasn't planning on turning it down for 2021. (laughs) So I'm hoping there may be an opportunity. I'm not sure if I would would go, though. Um, I really enjoy doing... um, the worlds in 2018 and 2019 because they were together in conjunction with the open. And so I get to travel with our team, right? With yeah. Marissa and Chris and Meg and Maddie. Um, so uh, it's when it, uh, they've separated it. Um, and I think it's going to stay like that. So masters is separate. So I don't know if Max and I would want to travel, you know, it's I think it's like Kazakhstan um yeah I I go all the way there without the rest of the team it was kind of like oh a bonus that you know Max is going to go coach there anyway and I can go compete at the same time um yeah so I don't know so I think we need to kind of look at that and see what's going to happen there 
I did uh, hear that they are taking the 2020 roster to the 2021 uh, world events. Um, right. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, uh, but I also heard that uh, as well. So I don't yeah. know what the deal okay. is there. But, yeah, no, I, I don't blame you not wanting to go with the open team. I, I don't know why they would want to split that up. Uh, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, it seemed like it was a nice weak event for that to to happen. I don't know if that's COVID or I don't know if that's um, just what they want to do on the IPF level. Yeah, yeah. I think that decision was made before COVID. So, um, yes. yeah. So, I, I think that's something separate. I don't um, – yeah, I'm not sure exactly why, but uh, um, so I don't know. I know that uh, uh, Chad had mentioned possibly having some kind of mock meet around uh, Raw Nationals time. That might be kind of fun for uh, the juggernaut powerlifting team. And then um, I don't know. I mean, you know, seeing how after five clean and jerk workouts, I got back to 90 percent. Um, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would consider just totally for fun doing um, the next uh, uh, World Masters Games for 2021, if, if it happens, is in Kansai, Japan. And I absolutely Ooh. love Japan. And I know Max wouldn't want to go. And we have, a, we have a few other friends that are Masters weightlifters that would be interested in going. And... Um, and I did check, I checked that, uh, the, <laughs> the, I checked what the world records are for the 50 to 54 and the, uh, the clean and jerk is 77 kilos and I just did 78 yesterday. So I was like, oh, <laughs> fun. Uh, Max made a good suggestion because I tend to get broken if I train too hard and too long for weightlifting. So he said, uh, eight weeks, you get eight weeks to train for <laughs> the, for Kansai and that's it. Cause like, you'll probably do well and like, we'll do, you know, have enough time to build up and, you know, get back into it. But if I go for too long, I might end up broken. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll figure that out. When I was training this time, doing the uh, deadlift and clean and jerk, I told him he was wrong. It wasn't eight weeks. It was eight days that I had. So <laughs> about eight days, I was already, my back was like done. So, um, anyway, after all these years, I have, I know how to recover. So, um, you know, I know that I need to, there's going to be a lot of like contrast showers and Advil and uh, yeah. a lot of tissue work and a lot of, you know, just like belt squat and light RDLs and things like that. So, um, so I am able to recover enough to get my body back and healthy, but um, yeah, I won't be training for, uh, I won't be training from now until 2021 for no. not. <laughs> no. No. It doesn't seem like yeah. that'll work with your body too well. And yeah. uh but that's awesome that you're bringing uh, the weightlifting back on a on a competitive level. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I knew it would be something like goofy like this if I did it again because people are always asking me if like you're gonna compete again and um, you know something like a strongman competition that's like you know nothing that I've ever done before. Is, <laughs> 
uh, there's no pressure. It's just totally for fun. So yeah, so that's fun. And um, yeah, it, but I am looking forward to, uh, to being done with this training because the, <laughs> the powerlifting training is much easier for me to sort of moderate and uh, not get as beat up from. So right on. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I have so to say from a female perspective, I think that like the whole team that you guys have on the women's side for juggernaut is just totally badass and major role models. I'm not only on my end, but a lot of my teammates end. So definitely thank you for doing what you do because it's really cool to see. And it's really motivating to see. So I'm glad to hear that you're going to continue with it. And, um, you know, we'll definitely all be cheering you guys on. Well, thank, well, you, thank you so much. much. Yeah. yeah. It's an honor. Joe, thanks for coming oh, yeah. on. We appreciate it. Yes. And stay safe out there. Yes. Yeah, you guys too. Yeah. Thanks. Great to see you both. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see you soon. Some some event sometime in the future. Eventually. Hopefully in the year of 2021. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Thank uh, you. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. And stay tuned for the next one. See ya. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye Joe. You.